Hi there, this is James Eke, and you are listening to Warrior's Way Podcast, episode 88. Before we kick off, head over to patreon.com and check out our awesome instructional videos on our Warrior's Way Podcast Patreon page. We have some cool jujitsu techniques, funky mukjong, breathwork, meditation, and a whole lot more. And more videos being added all the time, if you can believe that. And for all of you who are supporting what we're doing via our Warrior's Wave podcast Patreon page already, thank you so much. You awesome people are helping make sure that this podcast not only keeps going, but keeps going strong. You get a gold star. Check it out. Patreon.com. Just search for Warrior's Wave podcast. And you know you'll be glad you did. People don't often equate the idea of compassion with something as seemingly destructive as martial arts, but I believe it plays a significant role. We are, after all, dealing with the damage and death of other human beings. Right away, I'd like to reverse the idea of compassion from what people normally consider. Usually, compassion is seen as a lofty ideal not suitable for real-life self-defense. There is no time, as it's argued, to be toying around with someone who wishes you bodily harm. There is a rather well-known martial artist who goes by the name of Shaka Zulu. History buffs will immediately recognize the name from the African leader of antiquity. And indeed, the modern Shaka received his name from the Zulu tribe. He says this about real-life combat. He who cannot defend himself owns nothing, not good fortune or even his own life. If you start out from a weak point in an attack and a weak point means to me someone attacks me with a knife and I say, I'm just going to control them or disarm them. No, man. That's not my attitude. My attitude is, I'm going to kill you. And if I see that you can't handle what I got, I will de-escalate. But there is no way I'm going to rev myself up from that low point of control to, I'm going to kill you. It's not going to happen that way. And it's going to take too long to get there. So I start from the top first. I'm going to kill you. And if I don't have to, I won't. Compassion in a confrontation does not mean the initiation of half-hearted, ineffective techniques. It means having the mastery over yourself to preserve the life of your attacker if possible and controlling yourself to do no more damage than is necessary. The common mindset among brute martial art and martial artists is that a confrontation is all or nothing. If an assailant affronts a martial artist, no matter what the circumstance or level of violence, the martial artist is then entitled to dismember the aggressor and teach him a lesson for his misconduct. By not striking first, the martial artist has thus followed the letter of karate ni sentinashi. There is no first strike in karate. And it is therefore in the right 
There are other basic motivations that are often cited as justifications for extreme violence. One is pride, thinly disguised as the foggy concept of honor. For example, if a creep starts to tug and harass an individual's girlfriend, that person has the right to defend the girlfriend's honor by breaking all the harasser's bones. Another example is revenge for some transgression perpetrated in the near or distant past. Unfortunately, all of these mindsets, mindsets drastically miss the true purpose of martial arts training. That purpose is not self-defense or even the defense of others, but of life protection. When properly trained and at the peak of their capabilities, martial artists have heavy burdens to bear. They must possess the ability to inflict immediate destruction upon opponents should the situation mandate it, but also be capable of all gradations of violence below that level. They must feel that they are accountable for the protection of their own life, the lives around them, and the lives of the attackers. Therefore, if at any point possible, it is up to them to show compassion and preserve the life of wayward aggressors. The reason why traditional martial artists and martial arts are so complex, some say overly complex, is because the old masters desired to have the ability to knock out or control opponents with immediate swiftness that didn't necessarily force a death-dealing blow. Now, you may be thinking, yes, that's very nice, but in this day and age, you never know when an attacker will appear mild and escalate into a gun or knife attack. And that's very true. And also why it is critical to practice the mindset of Shaka Zulu that he expresses. And a hone technique to the point of expertise. An unskilled fighter may have to bludgeon and kill an attacker when a master could knock him unconscious. The result of the situation is, that is exactly the same for the defender either way, but drastically different for the attacker. The brute fighter may call it just deserts for the attacker, but the martial artist seeking life protection would realize he took a life when it wasn't necessary. If the situation were a military combat confrontation on the field of battle, the decision process might be more black and white. But civilian martial arts are not the same as military engagement. Allow me to il illustrate the point with a story from Karate Do, My Way of Life, by Funakoshi Gichin of what is now Shotokan Karate. One day, I went to a poetry reading in Tamagawa, Japan. Then, was still in a state of post-war chaos, and people were warned that it was dangerous to walk along at night. But I decided no one would molest an old man like me. So, after the party, I got off the train at Otsuka Station and started for home. The incident I'm about to relate occurred somewhere between Otsuka and Hikawashita, and it began when a black-clad figure sprang suddenly out from behind a telephone pole. Hey, granddad, he cried, making a lunge for my umbrella. 
and I realized that he was a thief, but could also I could also tell from the tone of his voice that he was a very amateur one, a newcomer to the trade, so to speak, trying to pretend that he was tough. The man snatched my umbrella from my hand, and it looked to me as though he was about to try to hit me with it. And his stance was full of openings. When he swung the umbrella at me, I ducked under, and with my right hand took a firm grasp of his testicles. The pain was, I have no doubt, very near unbearable. The umbrella fell to the ground, and the man himself, after a sudden sharp cry, looked as though he might well pass out. Fortunately, a patrolling police officer appeared on the scene, and I released my assailant into his custody. As I continued on my way, I realized that the would-be robber was almost certainly a veteran recently returned from some distant front. Jobless, he had decided to rob me on the spur of the moment. And I, also on the spur of the moment, had done what I constantly tell my young trainees never to do. I had taken the offensive. And I did not feel very proud of myself. Even as an older gentleman, Funakoshi Sensei was so skilled that he dealt with his assailant quickly and effectively. Now, be assured that if Funakoshi had decided to, he could have maimed the young man who would, and who would have blamed him. He was being attacked by a youthful tough and he had a weapon. Funakoshi realized in an instant that a high level of, of aggression was not necessary to neutralize the situation effectively. Indeed, he was such a harsh critic of violence against others that this completely viable execution of self-defense upset him. I have no doubt that Funakoshi Sensei, looking back, would have advised himself to be more aware. To make wiser decisions about where to walk and what to avoid. In fact, awareness, presentness, and conflict resolution skills are all held in the utmost regard in most traditional martial arts. The most compassionate way to deal with a violent situation is to prevent it from starting. Sensen no sen is not just a physical concept, even at the sacrifice of ego and pride. Compassion has no negative effects on real-world self-defense or the real world itself. It does not slow down or hinder technique. The mindset of hapo zanshin, of utter dominance, is still present. You can do what needs to be done, even if that means enacting the ultimate penalty on attackers. However, compassion is not only wise from a philosophical standpoint, but a legal one as well. If Funakoshi Sensei had killed his young assailant, it's difficult to say what fate would have awaited him. He might have gotten off free, but maybe not. In today's litigious society, you can bet he would have had serious repercussions to deal with. Those repercussions are something we modern practitioners of life protection need to keep in mind. When a conflict first erupts, the law cannot be swimming through your mind as it slows you down and makes you hesitant. Instinctual technique must kick in through years of hard training. However, if you can, 
you must assess the intent of the opponent. The likelihood of other attackers and the amount of force needed to put yourself in a position of safety. Consider seriously the options of running away, of disengaging, and using verbal negotiation, or of striking, grappling, or bending your opponent into compliance. No matter what circumstance you are presented with, your mindset is initially the same, deadly serious. But by, by securing the situation as quickly as possible, you get to decide on how things will end. And if you have the stomach for it, you can be compassionate. Life protection is heavy. I don't blame anyone for simplifying self-defense into if someone attacks me, I'll pummel them until they can't move or breathe because you never know. But one thing I do know is that the old masters did not think this way. And I personally have decided to seek what they sought. Awesome. This article is called The Role of Compassion in the Martial Arts. And it's from a fantastic website called Ikigai Way. That's I-K-I-G-A-I-W-A-Y dot com. Ikigai Way. I think this is a brilliant article, and honestly, I think it is more important than most will even understand. Compassion is something that a lot of people think they have, but instead bow to petty squabbles. They hold vendettas. They are quick to judge. They hold on to anger and act without running through a filter of compassion, which Man, I'm telling you, you have to do. Quite frankly, if you do not cultivate compassion and make that a cornerstone of your training, and you aren't, to be honest, if you don't, you aren't really a martial artist. You're not much different than that guy jumping Funakoshi Sensei for his umbrella. Sure, you might be training hard. You might be a force to deal with. You might have years on the mat but you are likely a fighter and you are not a martial artist. Let's face it. We all get upset. We all get angry. People do cruddy things, but we also all make mistakes. Nobody on the face of this earth now in the future or in the past is immune to error, anger, failure, or mistakes. <laughs> I'll tell you, I have a lifetime of them. I have a lifetime of mistakes and failures. I'm the first to admit it. Some big ones, some massive ones, and some little tiny ones. But what I try to do is learn from it all and not fall into that web that drags you down. This is an aspect of compassion. It's called understanding. Yeah, if you want 
carry a grudge, fill your boots. But maybe it's better to let go of things. Maybe it's better to have understanding. In this life, it is far too easy to be quick to judge, quick to anger, to hold on to a whole lot of negativity like it's something that you need to keep you warm. But I'll tell you, this is no way to live your life. It is going to lead to utter disappointment and ruin. Being a martial artist means learning from this life. And all of the mistakes that you make, those mistakes that you look back on and you think, how the heck did I ever even do that? And everything that happens. It means looking at ourselves with a mirror that shows all of our ugliness. All of our failures, all of our challenges, all of our darkness. And then accepting it and moving forward to be better. Someone does you wrong, hey, you can seek vengeance. Or you can just choose to take the high road. To understand that you too are prone to mistakes. Prone to error and prone to failure. We are human. We, as humans, are all capable of great things. And guess what? Compassion is one of those great things. Compassion grows peace within us. And that peace leads to a fuller and more content life and a better world. When we train, we cultivate this feeling of compassion by how we train, the intent behind our training. We help others. We make sure our partners and teachers are doing okay. We don't make everything about us, about winning, about beating others, about proving that we're better than them. Instead, we grow within our training, this feeling that our training, our time on the mats, is actually about others and being of service. Now, this is a hard pill for some to swallow. And some will do it superficially. Making your training about not all about you can seem like a directionless path at first. But it doesn't mean you don't reap the benefits at first. It doesn't mean that you won't reap the benefits at all. It just means that you let go of your ego. And you go and you help others. Especially those who you would otherwise want to let loose on. Training isn't an easy path to tread. It isn't. It has a whole lot of hills and very dark valleys. And sometimes you wonder why you are doing it at all. But it is a path to becoming a better person through all those dark times as well as the light. Maybe even more the dark times. This is the training. This is the path. And this, this is the way. Let's go on to the question of the week. Question of the week. It is from a guy by the name of Bill. Thanks, Bill. Um, You recently mentioned the importance of mobility and training. What do you mean by that? And why is it important? Now, that's a good question. 
Basically, think about mobility as your body's ability to move in a way that is human, fluid, and free. What I stress to my students is the idea of regaining proper human movements. We don't have to pretend we're animals, other than human animals. Now, I don't mean modern human lack of movement, because we spend way too much time sitting and staring at screens and otherwise not moving. Instead, we need to be able to squat on the ground, crawl, bend, pull, push, walk, and a bunch of other things that all humans should be able to do. You wouldn't believe how many people can't get down in a full squat with their feet flat on the floor and just stay in that position. This is a key human position and mobility is apparent in how you can or you can't get into that position. So if you want to train, my suggestion is to make mobility a key fundamental of your training. Seek out instruction in it. Practice it every day. Be a human in a way we are all meant to be. And like they say, use it or lose it. Lose your mobility, and brother, you are going to wish you hadn't. And by the way, if you're looking for some awesome mobility drills, guess what? They are on our Patreon page. (laughs) Yeah, you're wondering when I was going to mention that again. Um, Head over to patreon.com and check out the videos that I have there for mobility. And better yet, subscribe, and you'll get a whole lot more videos. Um... Patreon is awesome. It is basically a way that you can, all of you people that love this podcast, you can basically keep it going. Because as you can imagine, doing this thing, it takes effort. And um, yeah, man, if you want to keep having this, we've got to do something to keep it going. And Patreon, I think, is a good way to do it. It uh, doesn't cost you much. It's like the cost of a you know trip to Starbucks. And you get access to, you know, a whole bunch of videos that are growing in number every week, pretty much add at least one video a week, generally. Um, Everything from, like I said, jujitsu to, you know, Jeet Kune Do, kickboxing, Kali, Silat, you name it. There's tons of martial arts stuff on there. Um, There's also meditation uh, instruction, which I should probably do some more of those. Um, Mobility drills, and a whole lot more. So check it out. Go to patreon.com and search for Warriors Way Podcast and join us there. And believe me, you'll be glad you did because, you know, not saying it. Well, yeah, I am saying it. I did it myself and it is awesome still. Um, I wish I had it when I was, you know, a young guy coming up in the martial arts, all these cool technological things that we have now. Some of you guys don't even know how lucky you are. Um, the other thing you can do is go to our Instagram page. Just look for the Eek Academy. That's just my last name in Academy. Um, it is the Instagram page for my martial arts school here in beautiful Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. Um, but I also throw stuff on there for the podcast because, to be quite honest, I only want to have one Instagram account. I don't want a whole bunch of others. So I put... Everything on there, if you want a glimpse into who this guy is that keeps warbling on in your ear, that's a good way to do it. 
Um, you can find the Warriors Way podcast and the Eek Academy of Martial Arts on Facebook. Put stuff on there as much as I can. And the last thing I should mention is if you like all this stuff that I talk about, go over to Amazon and you can pick up a copy of a couple of the books that I have written on the martial arts. One is named after, or this podcast is named after it, which is Warrior's Way, A Guide to Lifelong Learning in the Martial Arts. The second book is called A Wolf in the Woods, and it is, um, I think, a pretty cool book that tells a story of you know, kind of how you change your view on a whole lot of things after you have to fight a wolf in the woods, which actually did unfortunately happen to me. Um, And that's all I've got for you. If you like this podcast, please tell your friends and your enemies and your family and your frenemies, tell them about it because the more of us listening to it, the better. And if you are so inclined, let them know about our Patreon page too, because that would be cool. And if you have any questions of the week or any suggestions for future podcasts, please send them my way. Track me down and let me know what you think about the podcast, what you think about whatever, because I always love hearing from all of you. And with that, get yourself on the mats, train hard, have some fun. Make sure you're smiling. Don't be so serious. And be a good friend. And when I say that, I mean in every way possible. Be a good friend to the people you train with, but be a good friend to even the strangers you don't know. Be a good friend to the animals around you and this planet that we're living on. Because in the end, that is all that matters. Thanks a lot.